and uh, I do believe that there's something in here for us today. And we're turning to Joshua 14. Joshua 14. I believe it was last Sunday, um, but I know here recently, very many times, we talk about the children of Israel going into the promised land. And they couldn't, uh, they didn't make it the first time they came up to the border. And 40 years later, Joshua brings them across the river. And that's kind of where we are in our text today. We're going to take a little time and look at somebody specifically here at this time as they enter into the promised land. Before we say any more, let's ask God to help us. Father, we love you. Lord, we can't do it without you. We're thankful that we, Lord, are here today and thankful for, Lord, just everything we've already felt, everything we've already heard, God. And Lord, thank you for just being so good to us. Help us, I pray, to draw even closer to you through your word, God, and let your word build something in us. Lord, as it challenges us, help us, I pray, to just, Lord, draw closer to you. Lord, help us, Lord, not in ourselves. We're not, Lord, we are not able, but God, in you, in you we believe, God, you can bring us right where we need to be. Give us everything we need, Lord, to be blessed and to be everything you've called us to be. Lord, bless each one, I pray. Help me, I pray. God, anoint me and just keep me out of your way, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Joshua 14, verse 6. Then the children of Judah came unto Joshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, somebody say Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenazite, said unto him, Thou knowest the thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Kadesh Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance, and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years. Anybody doing the math? Even since the Lord spake this word unto Moses while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old. He's eighty-five. Hallelujah. And as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. And my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. <laughs> now, therefore, give me this mountain, whereof the Lord spake in that day. For thou heardest in that day how the Anakims were there, and that the cities were great and fenced. If so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. God bless you. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Bible tells us, as Caleb speaks to Joshua, he reminds him. See, Caleb and Joshua are part of a team. 
There were 12 in that team. When they came up to the boundary, out of Egypt, to the place where God promised them that he would give them for an inheritance, Joshua and Caleb were two out of 12 men that went in to spy out the land. They come back and say it's everything that God said it would be. God's not going to lie to you. God's got good intentions for you. Are you hearing me this morning? God's got a plan for your life. But you know what? Ten of those that came back could not deny that it was an amazing land full of blessings. A land flowing with milk and honey, right? But ten of them looked around and said there's giants in the land. There's battles in the land. There's walled cities. They saw Jericho, I'm sure. They saw this mountain that Caleb saw, saw too and said, "There's these guys are, are, are huge. And they got scared. But Caleb and Joshua told Moses, don't listen to these guys. God is for us. Who can be against us? God has promised this to us. He didn't say it'd be easy. He didn't say there wouldn't be a battle. But he said he's going to be with us every step of the way. And they say to Moses, hey, let everybody just quiet down. We are well able. We can do this. They were seeing everything that everybody else saw, but they had faith in the word of God. They had faith in the promise of God. Don't be surprised when there's adversity. Don't be surprised when things look bigger than what you expected that come against you. But keep your eyes on God. The Bible says that that God got angry. And this is repeated throughout the Word of God. We can see it especially in the book of Psalms. Talking of, calls it the day that they provoked God to anger. Calls it the day of provocation in the wilderness. Talks about how they hardened their hearts. No matter how much Caleb and Joshua said, come on, we can do this. Come on, we are well able. Listen to what God said to us. They would not, and God got angry. It's repeated again also in the book of Hebrews. Where it tells us that God said to them that, okay, you harden your heart. We're going to turn around. We're going to go back in the wilderness and wander for 40 years. 40 years was a time that God said is enough time for those that doubted, those that made me angry, those that had hardened their hearts against the word of God and would not rise up to the challenge in God and face the enemy to die in the wilderness. Watch what you say when you're upset. Because they said, you know what's going to happen when we go in there? Joshua and Caleb said, oh yeah, I know what's going to happen. We're going to take the land. The the, the enemy's going to fall before us. We are well able. They said, oh no, our children are going to die in that place. And God kind of throws it back on them and says, everybody who doubted that whole generation will die. And the children that you said that I didn't care about, the children that you said I was going to let die in that battle, They're the ones that are going to walk in there and take what you should have. I don't want somebody else to take what I have, what God's given me. I want to fight my battles, praise God, and I want to, I want to believe God for victory in my life. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Well, 40 years later, we come to our text and Joshua is now leading the charge. Joshua steps into Moses' shoes as leadership in uh, 
in Israel, and Caleb comes walking up to him. And I can just see the camaraderie almost in my mind. I, 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 I vision Joshua saying, I, I, I was waiting for this because I know my friend. Amen. Hey, he's, he's had this on his mind for 45 years. Amen. Uh, we, we would maybe sometimes sit down and talk about, you know what? We're not there yet. We had to encourage each other. You know, we're going through. We shouldn't be in this wilderness. Amen. This unbelief doesn't belong to us, but we're going to get it someday. Don't give up, Caleb. I'm not giving up. Joshua, you hold on too. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we go through some things and we need one another. Caleb comes marching up there and says, you think I'm old? Come on, I'm going to take those giants. God's given me that promise I never doubted. Amen. I want that mountain that Moses promised me. Uh, it's almost like you say, you try to keep me from it. You know Moses promised that to me. You know Moses saw me and said, because you wholly followed your God. Amen. And Joshua goes back over that and says, because you wholly followed your God. I want to just talk a few moments this morning about the big, big difference. The big difference holiness makes. Holiness. I think it's already been said in some of the testimonies, hasn't it? We, we, we know that without holiness, no man will see the Lord. But I'm talking about holiness with a W in front of it. Amen. Holiness where... Somebody says, I'm not playing games. I am going to give God my all. Amen. I'm not just trying this out. I've surrendered my life to God. Amen. I I tell you, there's a lot of people calling themselves Christians that are going to try to take a few things here and there and kind of shop through what they like and maybe, maybe just not talk about what they don't like. But when you can wholly follow God, when your life is fully and wholly surrendered to God, it makes all the difference in the world. Let me remind you, out of those 12 spies, 12 of them came back with a report that the land is amazing, but it was only two. It was only two. You'll see this theme throughout the Word of God. I know the, 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 the population of the world is great, and those calling themselves Christians compared to that is uh, seems like such a small thing. But you will constantly see amongst those that carry the name of Christ or carry the name of God's people, there is a remnant. There's always this small group. Oh, there are a lot of people saying, I'm a child of God. Hey, remember when we talked about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? A lot of people came out of Israel that were living in Babylon. But when it came down to, are you going to bow to the idol? Are you going to bow to the order of ungodliness? Are you going to worship this image? Or are you going to stand firm? It was a remnant. Amen. There's always going to be this small group of those that will say, you know what, I don't know that it's going to be easy, but I know we can make it. I I didn't say everything's just going to fall into place my way, but God's going to be with us. Amen. While you're doubting and while you're worrying and while you're complaining, we want to go in and start fighting these battles so we can take what belongs to us. I'm telling you, the devil cannot have what God's promised you. And it's time you wholly follow God. Amen. Caleb said, I want everything God promised me. 
I'm not trying to have my will and God's will at the same time. I'm not trying to find my will and God's will. I know God's got a plan for me, and I want all of it. Amen. I want all of it. Hallelujah. It's an important difference. There, there's so many times, and I, I'm not wasting my time trying to figure people out, not trying to judge anybody's faith or anybody's walk, but I can tell you when you stand up and say, I'm not in a religion, I'm in a walk with God. I'm not putting this on Sunday morning and taking it off Monday morning. Amen. I'm walking in this. I love God. He's my life. He's my Lord. And if he got it, I want it. Amen. Hallelujah. When you have that understanding of how good God is, You're not trying to hold on to things, but you're saying, God, search me. God, I want what you have. How is it? How is it that that you hear still hear people say, well, I know it's not right, but if it's not right, amen, serve God. Uh, I I know I'm not really too sure about if, if if you're not sure, just go ahead and serve God. Amen. Are you holy? following God? Or are you trying to get away with as much as you can? Trying to get as close to, to, to that old life as you can when you find out God's got so much for you. Amen. You don't want to go back to Egypt. You don't want to go back to what you were. You want God's best in your life. He said, I'm not afraid of what's ahead of us. I'm not afraid of what may come. I'm not afraid of what kind of enemy. I've already got my mind in a place where I recognize no matter how big the enemy is, God's bigger than that. No matter how he comes against me, I I have come to times in my life, you know, Paul says he was perplexed many times. Amen. But you know what? There's times where you don't understand. There's times where, where things are so far beyond. We quoted a verse earlier about when my heart is overwhelmed. Amen. Don't try to figure it out. Run to Jesus. Amen. When, when you say, I, I don't think I can, let me remind you that you could never on your best day be anything that God wants. But in God, that's where your strength is. That's where your help is. That's where you step out of your best and into God's working in your life. He said, I'm not afraid of them. Praise the Lord. I'm not afraid of those enemies. I'm not afraid of those giants. I'm not afraid of of the walls that I see. My eyes are on God. God's going to take care of us. It's not easy being Caleb. Amen. It's not easy walking in holiness. Praise the Lord because there's so few doing it. Can you imagine? We're talking about it. Walking through the wilderness. Can you imagine some days you say, well, I feel like God ought to be, we ought to be slaying giants. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You want to see miracles. You want to see the power of God. You want to see revival. But sometimes you hear in the murmur and the complaining. People that ought to be praying alongside of you are worrying alongside of you. Amen. People that ought to be excited about revival, about souls. They're, they, they, they're caught up in everything that's going on in the world, but really don't have a heart to say, you know what? God wants to work in this generation. Caleb had to deal with that, my friend. Caleb had to go through a lot of that. Caleb had a lot of disappointment. I imagine, I imagine he and Joshua could have thought, I, I thought for sure 
I thought for sure this, this my fellow, uh, my brother, my, the spy that went in with me, you, you, I thought for sure he would be standing there saying, oh no, come on, encouraging people, strengthening people. Why are you so worried? Why are you so full of fear? Why are you looking at it with such a mentality of disaster and doom and gloom? Look to God. Amen. It's not easy. It's not easy being holding on to faith in the wilderness. There's times you're going to face some things and you're looking for a miracle and all you can do is just say, God, I know it's coming. Amen. God, I know it's coming. All I see is uh, is desert. All I see is wilderness. All I hear around me is people saying, ah, we're living in these days. It's just the devil's uh, got the upper hand. No, he doesn't. Don't don't believe it for a minute. Amen. It's temporary. God's working in your situation. Amen. Oh, let God talk to you. Hallelujah. He didn't have an easy way ahead of him. Praise the Lord. His faith took him through 45 years of growing older, whether he liked to admit it or not. Amen. But he said, my God's bigger than that. I still got the faith that I have. I still have the confidence in God that I have. I still believe God is not working just because I have maybe the, the spring in my step that I once did. I have a, a faith in a God that is greater than all my adversity. You have a lot of things that come against you. You have a lot of reasons the enemy is trying to remind you of why you can't see the power of God working in your life. He brings you the facts and the figures of of how long it's been since you've seen this work in your life or how what's been going on in in trying to come against your heart and your mind. But you have got to hold on to the faith that you had. Amen. And not let it slip, the Bible says. Believe that God's got his power working for you. It's not easy. It's not popular. Numbers 13, verse 31. I know. I understand not everybody's excited about a move of God like I am. Amen. A lot of people excited about a lot of things in this world. Not everybody's excited about somebody being saved. Somebody being set free from sin. Somebody having their life, their family, rearranged, changed, blessed. Amen. Amen. You know what? Bad news is so popular. And it is so infectious. Look what it says, Numbers 13, verse 31. It's talking about those other spies, okay? But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Let me remind you, it provoked God to anger. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. Go on to chapter 14, verse 1. And all the congregation... Wait a minute. I thought just ten of them had a bad story to tell. I thought just ten of them said we can't see. We, we can't see how we'll ever get victory. I thought just ten of them had a problem. Yeah, but that kind of talk infected the whole camp. 
Can I tell you the same way God wants to use the word in your mouth, the power of God to encourage and strengthen, to help people get victory in their lives, the same way the devil wants to use your tongue, use your words against the work of God? Oh, it's just a little complaining. It's just a little worrying. It's just a little tearing down and destroying. Can I tell you, it is like a fire. The congregation now lifts up their voice and cries. And people wept that night. God was getting ready. Listen now. God was getting ready to take them into the promised land. You remember how they shouted and danced on the other side of the, the, the Red Sea? They should have been just as excited or more so. We're getting ready to enter in. We got out of problems. Now we're going to go into blessings. They ought to have been shouting. They ought to have been excited. God was getting ready to work miracles in their lives. You remember when it actually happened, those of you that have read this, they brought the ark out. The waters start on Jordan, start to go just like the Red Sea. Amen. There was something powerful happening at that time, but they couldn't see it because of their unbelief. Amen. And they begin to complain and everybody's crying all night long and all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron can I say this just pause here a moment all along Caleb's holding firm holy holy dedicating himself to what God said the whole congregation said unto them would to God that we would have died in the land of Egypt or would to God we had died in this wilderness people say the dumbest things when they allow discouragement, depression to take over. Amen. Now listen to me. I am not talking like a lot of folks do. Well, just, you know, put on a a happy face and put on a, a better attitude. No, I'm talking about going to the Word of God and getting His promises, standing on them, believing them, praying them. Amen. Amen. Not talking about some fake brother was talking about struggling with a kidney stone. He shared with me all the doors God was opening, all the great things God was doing. And then all of a sudden, bang, he gets hit with this. What does he do? I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. That's a choice. That's a choice you have to make when things get difficult. Amen. They lifted up their voice and wept that night. The children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron. And the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God we would have died in, this land, in the land of Egypt, or would we have died in the wilderness? Wherefore the Lord brought us, wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return to Egypt? They said one to another, Let's make a captain that we can return to Egypt. Watch. Watch the kind of talk that comes out of you. But watch the kind of talk that you're around. Can I tell you, those ten spies, leaders in Israel, chosen by Moses, infected that whole camp with doubt and rebellion. Amen. God, just just something, hey, we, we are not well able. Now all of a sudden they're crying all night saying, God's against us. God's, Moses, we need, to, we need to stone him, get him out of the way so somebody can take us back to Egypt. Watch. Watch your companions. Make sure you got somebody who knows how to talk faith to you. To pray for you. Amen. To pray for you. Because let me tell you something. The best wisdom that is in this world is not going to match somebody who's praying. Amen. Because 
God's got a plan for your life. Amen. And people that are going to pray for you, pray with you, care about you. And sometimes we'll not tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. Amen. Can I tell you, that's, that's why God so much of the... I don't think people realize sometimes how much is in this Bible about making sure our companionship, especially our marriages, are, are in faith in God. Amen. That we're not walking, the Bible talks about unequally yoked. Amen. Do you realize that the king of the Moabites tries to hire Balaam and says, you know what, why don't you curse God's people? Amen. And, and those of you that are familiar with that in the book of Numbers, Balaam can't curse them. He can't speak in the name of the Lord against them. But you find out that Balaam was able to devise a plan for Balak. He was able to devise a plan for the king of Moab. He said, if you can get their young men to mix with your idol-worshiping young ladies, it will bring a stumbling block to them. Amen. And they will fall, and God's blessing will not be on them if you can get their marriages. Praise God. Help us, God. When the children of Israel were taken captive in Babylon, and we talked about it here recently, how they come back under the, uh, the Medes and the Persians rule, Darius decrees, they're going to go back, we're going to rebuild the wall in the book of Nehemiah is an amazing book about that. And the book of Ezra talks about them rebuilding the temple. Amen. In the midst of that rebuilding project, somebody comes to Ezra and says, do you realize now that we're back in our homeland, now that we're back rebuilding the temple, there are some people, some of the young men are marrying the wives in the world. And their children are growing up, they don't know how to talk like a child of God. They don't know how to act like a child of God. Amen. Help us, Lord. Ezra got so angry, he started pulling out his hair. Runs his garments in mourning. Why are you doing this? You've become so far. Don't fall like this. I believe that's exactly what was happening in Noah's day. The Bible says the sons of God. A lot of people have a lot of ideas, but it's a theme throughout the whole world. Sons of God, the lineage of God's people through, through, through Shem. They're, they, they're, they're calling on God. They're building altars. And, and Cain's lineage, they're just more and more looking at their own feet. They're building the Tower of Babel, and, and they're looking to their own name. And, and, and this, just all kind of problems. But the sons of God, they start looking at those, those in the, that are outside of the will of God and saying, you know what? We're going to take wives who we choose, not God's will, but my will. You see it in Samson. You see it Solomon, the wisest man. Don't let them turn your heart against God. These spies came into the, out of the promised land and said, listen, Yes, there's, there, there's a land flowing with milk and honey, but, but we, we can't do this. The enemies are too great. Hey, there's always going to be talk that will pull you down. Some of that talk is internal dialogue. Watch it. Cast down imaginations. Cast down imagination. Sometimes the devil will try to tell you, try to tear you down and try to hold you back. Don't listen to the devil. He's a liar. Sometimes you have to make a choice. 
Sometimes you have to make a choice. Stay away from gossipers. Amen. You've got to stay away from fear mongers, complainers, worrying. Some of us, we're kind of raised in that atmosphere. It's second nature to us. Amen. Some of us, that's all we know. That's, that's what you, 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 you had that for dinner every night. You had your neighbor, you know, all their business. Amen. Now you have to make choices to get around people that are going to love one another. That are going to endeavor to keep the unity. That's what it means to be holy follower, of, just holy following God. That, that, that your attitude about God's kingdom isn't like you were. Everybody's just not open business uh, to, to criticize and condemn and pull down. But now you're going to turn yourself to somebody who's going to say, hey, that's my brother. That's my sister. Amen. That's somebody I love and I care about. That's somebody I want to I build them up. Amen. Praise the Lord. Because I'll tell you, if that's the kind of, kind of friend that's going to tear you down, they're, they're, they tear them down. They'll tear you down when, when they get a friend that can get into the juicy gossip. Get around healthy people. Get around people with faith. Get around people that encourage you when you're strong. It's easy to get around people that can kind of share in the misery, share in the problems with somebody that can say, hey, let's, let's, do, let's, do, let's be wise. Let's be wise in our battle. Let's be wise in our challenge. Look what it says in 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5. As you turn to that, let me back up and tell you that we need people around us that are praying for us. And if you haven't just gotten involved, start praying for your brothers and sisters. Start praying earnestly for their battles, for their trials. Be somebody. When you're wholly given to God, you're going to pray. You're going to pray about some things. You know, Joshua himself, when he got into the promised land, he looked at that small town of Ai and said, you know what? We, we can handle that. We don't have to. We're not even going to pray about it. What? Sometimes the little things you ought to pray about anyway. Sometimes it might not seem very important, but God wants you to be sensitive to the Spirit even in those things. Amen. Somebody needs to hear this. That sometimes even Joshua looked at situations and circumstances. There was the, the matter of the Gibeonites that came and made a peace treaty with him. He didn't pray about it. It just seemed like a no-brainer. It became a snare to him. Listen to me. There's things sometimes that we just want to go through life. If you're wholly given to God, you're going to pray about some things. You're going to give it to God in prayer and realize, hey, wait a minute. This might be a snare. This might be a trap of the enemy. I want to be wise because I know, I know my will is not going to lead me in a good direction. I don't trust that. I'm going to trust God. I know a lot of people telling you, just follow your heart. That is the dumbest dis- dis- idea, the-, the worst advice that anybody can give you. Follow your heart. Listen, the Bible tells us we need to follow God and His Spirit. Our hearts will deceive us. Do you turn to First Thessalonians 5, verse 22? It says, abstain from all appearance of evil. Who does something like that? Somebody who's wholly given to God. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I don't even want to look wrong. I want to make sure my testimony is about God and His glory. Listen to what it says. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. 
Every bit of you made holy, sanctified, cleansed. And I pray, God, that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Holy given to God. My spirit, my soul, my body, every part of me. Say, well, God doesn't look at... No, every bit of me. God's not worried about that. I give it to Him. God's not concerned. Oh, yes, He is. He's the Lord of every part of my life. I want Him to be the Lord of my mind, of my desires, of my emotions, of, of all that I am and I do, my identity. That your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4, verse 15. Oh, hallelujah. There's a difference. There's a difference between someone who follows God when it's convenient. You can, when everything's going your way, maybe. When everything just seems like there's no problem at all. But someone who's wholly given themselves to God, it makes all the difference in the world. When the challenge comes, it's still, God, I want your will. When the battle comes, God, I still... My first thing is not, you know what? I'm going to get away from God for a little while. Amen? Because I'm wholly given to God, that's when I need Him the most. That's when i got to look and say, am I praying like I ought to pray? Amen. Am I faithful like I ought to be faithful? Am I I examining my life like I need to? you, You don't... You don't need to get away from God. You need more of Him when times come, hard times come. 1 Timothy 4, verse 15. It says, meditate upon these things. Think about it. Dwell on it. Give thyself wholly to them. Look what it says. That the profiting may appear to all. There is a blessing on a child of God who is wholly dedicated to God. That God is showing off. That God is shining His light through that people can see the difference. See, God God calls us His bride. I, I know there's a lot of things that may challenge challenge you with being part of the bride especially the gentlemen of a of our group but listen to me that just means we're we are we are surrendered to him amen we we live our lives to to glorify him amen praise the lord when when we want to we love him with with all of our heart with all of our soul and and god god wants to Show this world through those that are just head over heels in love with Him. Are you hearing me? Just love Him. You don't love the world, the things of this world. You're not looking to, to, to play around with this world. You want more of Him. He says, I'm going to show that when you give yourself wholly to what I have put before you, what I have put in you, that your profiting may appear to all. Is that why Joseph got a coat of many colors? Not that somehow it was favoritism, but somebody said, hey, I'm, 
I'm giving my life to just trying to be faithful to, to the family, to the family business, to my God. I think that's what you see over and over in the Bible. You see a lot of people around the perimeter playing games, playing church, going through the motions, wondering why God's not doing it that their way, their time. And somebody's saying, you know what? Even in the prison house, God, you're faithful. Even in adversity, God, you're good because they're holy. Holy, it makes all the difference in the world. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Caleb wholly followed him. Wholly followed the Lord. He wasn't using God to get his way. He understood. He understood that God's will was good no matter how big the giants were, no matter how high the walls were. God's going to take care of you. I want somebody to hear this today. There is a difference following God with your whole life. You start looking at your heart, looking at your life and saying, God, I want your will to be done. I surrender all. Some of you, you're not living the life of somebody who's been walking this for 30, 40, 50 years. I understand that. But where you are right now, there ought to be nothing in your life. You say, you know what? I'm not worried about that. It don't matter. God don't care about that sin. God don't care. Yeah, yeah, he died that it would be washed away. He wants you. To be blessed. Sin's not blessing you. Your first step to God is is say, Lord, my will needs to die at an altar. I, I surrender all to you. It's called repentance. You say, why, why do we baptize? Why do we bury, immerse in Jesus' name? Why? Because, because that old life is dead now. That's not who I am anymore. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't act like I used to act. I don't even dress like I used to dress. I'm a new child of God. And people can see that. People can see that in you. You bury that old life. Those old habits, those old addictions. God gives you a new life. You give it all to Him. I know there's this idea, God, you just... Accept me as I am. God doesn't leave you that way. You say, God, I give it all to you. He's going to rearrange you, transform you. You're going to find out it's going to affect every area of your life. Body, soul, and spirit is what it says will be sanctified. Surrender to God. Be the best thing you ever did. Don't don't give Him half your life. Don't give Him half your heart. Talks about seeking Him with all your heart, loving Him with all your heart, your mind, your strength, all, all holy. It makes all the difference in the world. There's a lot of make believe Christianity. There's a lot of playing church and going through the motions. And when things get tough, it all breaks down. And but oh, when there's difference, there's such a difference it makes when you walk with, when you wholly follow Him.
Let's find a place to pray. Let's find a place just to dedicate, to rededicate our all to Him. that we bury that old life it's dead now we bury it in Jesus name in a watery grave oh that God would work fill you with his power I love you Jesus I love you Lord hallelujah while I am waiting I'm yielding to you it makes. What a difference it makes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. To give all to Him. Jesus, I love you, Lord. Not making excuses. Just surrender. somehow bring my 
my will to God. The Bible says my best is like filthy rags. I shared with someone here recently how there are religious world leaders that hand down decrees that have nothing to do with the Bible. And most people would say, you know, that's just ridiculous. How can they just make something up and then tell people that's how they're they're going to live and that's how they're going to to be forgiven or how they're going to perform different sacraments of some type. But you know, I realized a long time ago, if I think that's wrong, why would I feel like I can step in the way and choose what God ought to like and what God ought to do in my life? I need to let Him be God. I need to allow Him to fully and wholly be Lord in my life. I want to follow Him. I want to follow Him with all that is within me. Let's all stand. God, thank You. Thank You for Your presence in this house. Thank You for Your help. Thank You, Lord, for, Lord, Your Spirit that's been with us throughout this service, God. And I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that You would, Lord, be with each one. Go with us, God, I pray. And, Lord, shine Your light through us as we yield ourselves to You fully. Bless each one now, I pray, God. Bless the service tonight if you tarry, God. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. God bless you, church.